we are, you know, the second last Sunday of 2022. And we've been looking at the glory of God, haven't we? You know, because God just doesn't just want us to just keep going through the motions. He doesn't want us to be a people who, you know, are the same last year as this year and next year. But God, you know, through the ministry of his Holy Spirit is changing us from glory to glory. And he's, and he, and he's opening us up to the, to the greater things that he has for us. And for each and every one of you, you know, there are, there are gifts, there are ministries, there are things that are untapped in you, there, are, there is a moving of the Holy Spirit that he wants to increase through you, and there are definitely encounters with his presence and his glory that leave us changed. Amen? When you encounter his presence and his glory, you cannot stay the same. You cannot. So... Um, really felt that God wanted to encourage us in prayer because prayer is the engine room, you know, and there are so many different aspects to prayer. You know, we just think, oh, prayers for that person or prayers for that person. There are so many different aspects and so many different dimensions of prayer. Prayer is about dependence. It's about trust. It's about authority. You know, it's about intimacy. It's about all these kinds of things. It's about hearing from God and agreeing with him. And so this morning we've got four different people sharing four different aspects of prayer. And so I pray that you get something out of this this morning, because God is calling us to be a people of prayer even more than we currently are. Is there an amen to that? Amen? Okay. Who wants to go first? Oh, that was, that was easy. I had to stop you before I preached the song. I already had and he thinks there's four different aspects. We haven't been near each other. I don't know what we're talking about today. <laughs> Bless him. Ephesians 6 says that we need to put our armor on and get praying. 
exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. 2 Corinthians 10.4 For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. That mighty weapon, those mighty weapons are the word of God and prayer. They're our spiritual weapons. And um, whatever comes with that, we use to defeat the enemy in our lives. You know the enemy is defeated already? A lot of us think he's not for some reason. A lot of us think that he's got some sort of authority that he hasn't got. Um, let me put your mind to rest. He's got no authority. No authority anymore. That's finished. Jesus has all authority in heaven and on earth. Okay? All authority is given to Jesus Christ. He's Lord of the nations. There are principalities that are hanging around that want to make you think that they are still in control. And they're not. And we need to defeat them with the spiritual weapons that Jesus Christ has given us. I want to look at um, Daniel, the life of Daniel, just quickly. I won't, hopefully I won't go over five minutes. Um, in the life of Daniel, uh, let's look at that um, uh, Ephesians 6 scripture and apply it to Daniel. It says, pray always. In Daniel 6, 10, it says, when Daniel learned that the document had been signed, this document was to say that no one was to pray to anybody else but the king for four weeks or a month. And so when Daniel learned that the document had been signed by the king, which was irrefutable, he went into his house, the windows in his upstairs room opened towards Jerusalem, and three times a day he got down on his knees, prayed, and gave thanks to his God, just as he had done before. So Daniel had done this before. The document was signed. He kept doing it. It didn't change him. He, was, he prayed always. He wasn't afraid of anybody. Prayer makes you fearless. Prayer makes you a warrior for God. Prayer makes you into the person you want to be. If you, if you keep praying, God will bless you. Um, giving thanks is another big thing. Uh, the Ephesians scripture says, with thankfulness. Um, Pray without ceasing. Daniel 10, 12, and 13 says, Don't be afraid, Daniel, he said to me. For from the first day that you purposed to understand and to humble yourself before God, your prayers have been heard, and I have come because of your prayers. Um, And the next verse says, But the prince of the kingdom of Persia opposed me for 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me after I had been left there with the kings of Persia. Um, we pray until we get the answer. It might take a while because we have a thousand principalities that are blocking our prayers. They 
So uh, there may be something that you want, something that you desire, and you don't see it coming. Well, we need to keep praying through. Pray through for the end. Pray without ceasing means don't stop praying for the thing that you're praying for. If you, if you say, oh, well, God mustn't want me to have it, then you won't get it. And that brings me to my third point. Find out the promises of God for you and then pray them. Pray them in. Daniel 9, 2. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood from the books according to the word of the Lord to the prophet Jeremiah that the number of years for the desolation of Jerusalem would be 70. And that Jeremiah's scripture is, For this is what the Lord says, When 70 years for Babylon are complete, I will attend to you and will confirm my promise concerning you to restore you to this place. So Daniel read that scripture. And did he go, oh, great, cool, 70 years is up on my watch. Um, it's all done. Let's just wait for, for it to happen. No. Daniel prayed it in. He prayed it in until God came and answered him and said, I've heard you, Daniel. This is what's going to happen. Um, that's an important one, guys, because it stops us from stopping if we know the promises of God, then we know God wants to give them to us. God is more desirous that we partake of his promises than we are of partaking of them. God wants us to have what he's promised us. Does he want us to have revival? Yes. He's promised revival if we will pray for it. Does he want us to be prosperous spiritually, physically? Yes. He's promised it. Search his word, find out what he wants, what you, you can have, and so that you can share his divine nature and pray in it. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I guess you'll realize so many facets to, uh, to prayer. Well, I want to start off a little bit with um, uh, God's character. Uh, Jesus said in John chapter 10, he said, Verily, verily, I say unto you Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate and climbs up some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. You know, uh, spending time with him, you get to know him and what his character is. So, so important. In fact, when I was first saved, I remember uh, a, a gentleman, probably my age back then, but he said he was quite old, and uh, he said, the longer I know him, the sweeter he grows. So Jesus went on to say, the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name 
and he leads them out. When he has brought them out all, all his own, he goes and heals them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. You, you know, um, I looked at the life of Jesus, and Jesus did nothing without going aside and talking with the Father and finding out what the Father's will was for him. Because he knew the Father's voice. They had a relationship. They were one. And they walked together. And, and that's our desire that the Lord would, we would spend time with him. I know that's not always easy finding time. But we have to make time. I, um, uh, we have a little prayer time in the morning. We have a devotion on the prayer time. And uh, uh, spend a little time with the Lord committing the day to him. Because I want him to be in my day. I want him to go before me in that day. I want him to open the doors in that day. Because I don't want to go into that day without him going before me. And so taking that little time. Just recently I, um, I, I just sort of felt that the Lord was saying, pray for your siblings. You know, brothers and sisters. Now, I, we all pray for our children, right? That's really, really number one prayer. But, you know, not a lot for the rest of my family. And so I started praying, Lord, I pray for all my siblings. I pray that you'll get a hold of their hearts. And, uh, and the other morning, I was in getting some blood work done, and this young man came up to me, and he said, you run your blood field on my seat. Yes. And he said, uh, I'm uh, Daniel Keyser. And, and it was such a shock. And I thought, why did you say You know what? It was my nephew that I haven't seen from since Nehida Rugrasar. And then, then um, we went up to see Ro in the hospital. And right across the bed, right across, is that nephew, my, my sister, and her husband, right there. And so here, you know, talking to the Lord about it, and here agreeing with him, because, you know, he puts a desire in our hearts, doesn't he? He puts on our heart what he wants to do. But sometimes, that's that little things. But sometimes we forget how big God is. You know, he's God of heaven and earth. He's the one that is over governments in this world. And uh, back, back in 1990, we, the Lord has spoken, and we were going to Africa for, uh, um, to, to do the mission work in Africa. And before I left, uh, um, Prophet came up and said, Rod, um, I want to tell you that there's countries that you want to go into that won't let you in. And so um, we, uh, we really sought the Lord on that and we applied to go to Nigeria and Nigeria refused us entry. But you know, when you know that the Lord wants you to do something, there's no obstacle. All you have to do is agree with him. Come into agreement. So we decided we would tackle this another way. So we went to Ghana and we ministered in Ghana 
And then we went into the embassy in Ghana. Before we went in, we asked the Lord to go before us. We bound the powers of darkness over that place and that country. And in the name of Jesus, the door opened up and we went from the top of Nigeria right to the bottom of Nigeria. Because our God is the God of heaven and earth. And there's no country and there's nothing that can stop you when he speaks into your life. But it's spending that time listening to and getting to know to listen to his voice. You know, that's the great thing about Christmas. You know, God sent Jesus into the world so that he could, through the cross, would come and, and quicken your spirit and make it alive and come to live within you. And he speaks to you all the time. Trouble is, sometimes we're so busy listening to other things and, and, and the things of life that we don't take time to stop and listen for his instructions. And when he instructs, instructs us, he goes before us and he makes the ways. And, and you know, and he, and he does some fun things. He's not, you know, a God who isn't... Uh, um, what doesn't want to enjoy, enjoy things with us. I just lost my, my spot. I, I really wanted to finish with uh, Timothy and Paul's instructions to Timothy. Uh, you know, Timothy must have been going through a little time like you and me. You know how you go through times and you don't feel like crying? You know, the answer to that is going to prayer meeting on Friday night. But, but sometimes we, we ha that happens to us and, and we sort of start struggling and we don't spend time with God. You know, one of the greatest things he did for you and me is that he gave us the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He gave us a heavenly gift that we can use when we don't know the words to say. The Holy Spirit prays on our behalf. Intercedes for us. What an amazing gift. When you can't do it in English, do it in the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you that. So, so here, Timothy must have been going through a little bit of a, a hard time. And uh, Paul just reminds him and says, um, I've lost it somewhere. But he said to Timothy, you see, he says, Timothy, stir up the fire that you received when the Holy Spirit was, when, you, when your hands were laid on you. Stir it up. Stir it up. And, and we have to stir things up. We've got a fire inside of us, and the Holy Spirit is in there, and, and there's a fire there. But boy, we can push it down and get it and it become real dark. But, but Paul said to Timothy, stir up! And we've got to do the same. We've got to stir up, even if it takes going into the closet and going, Kuma-ra-shanda-ra-kuriyanda! And, and wives, get the Holy Spirit going again! Because, because we don't want to be dark. We want to be like on the edge. We want the fire burning in us. And we want to keep pressing in there for Jesus. Thank you.
Thank you, thank you. Cool. Um, so I want to uh, share my journey in prayer, um, where I'm at now and where my passion and my heart is in prayer. And, um, and I just pray that it will be a blessing to each one of you and maybe even, um, you know, um, help you in your journey as well. So I grew up in a church that was very much uh, under law and it was like um, you pray twice a day, half an hour in the morning, half an hour at night, and at night time you tick the box and said, done, um, and there was no relationship with Jesus. Um, but when I was asked to do this five-minute talk on, um, on prayer, I went for a very long walk on the beach uh, with Jesus. And I said, Lord, what is it you want me to talk about? What is it you want me to share? And he took me to Adam and Eve in the garden and he reminded me of how Adam and Eve walked with God. And I said, Lord, what was that like? Well, what did you talk about? I'm sure it wasn't a mechanical uh, relationship where he said, okay, so how many animals did you see today? We'll write that down. <laughs> how many plants did you see today? We'll write that down. I just believe that knowing my Jesus, our Jesus, that it was about relationship. It was about getting to know Papa God and getting to know each other. And I just, um, I, I just marvelled. I just walked with the Lord and said, what, what were the discussions? What did you talk about? What was it like walking with God in the Garden of Eden? Then I pondered about Moses in the, in the tent of dwelling, in the tent of meeting, I should say. In Exodus 33, it says, Now Jesus, and oh, sorry, uh, Exodus 33, I'm getting excited. <laughs> Exodus 33, it says, Now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp, some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. So this was not a five minute chat driving to work. It wasn't a five minute chat, you know, down the street. He took time in this tent of meeting. In verse nine, it says, and the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. And then verse 11, it says, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. That speaks of intimacy to me, face to face as a friend. And I said, Lord, what is that like? What is that like? I want to walk with you and talk with you and listen to you as a friend face to face. That is my walk at this moment, to go deeper with Jesus, so intimately. And then a cloud of God's glory would descend. And I have had moments where I can't speak because the presence of God was so great. And because of Moses' encounter, his face shone so brightly, he had to cover his face. In Luke 6 and Matthew 14, it speaks about Jesus went up the mountainside. And another place, he went up 
into the hills by himself to pray, and at times he prayed all night. And again I said, Lord, what was that like? What did you talk about? What was, what was the discussions that you had together all night long? What were the things that you shared together, heart to heart? That's what I want. Enoch in Genesis uh, says he walked with God and he was no more, but God took him. That's what To walk with God so close. So my, discuss my discussions with God is what what did you talk about? What were, the, what were the things that they talked about? And I see in all of this, I see relationship, I see intimacy. The difference between my upbringing in a church, in a religious church, was a servant mentality. Prayer was about performance. Prayer was about my needs. And there was nothing about relationship. I didn't believe that I could even have a relationship with Jesus. But as son, it's all about relationship. And that's who we are. And that is what God is calling us into. To love on him and be loved. To love on him and be loved. You know, the Bible is full of symbols.
You have to get worship, washing over your life. You have to give God access to every area of your heart. And these are the times that God wants your heart. These are times God wants you to worship him when you don't want to worship him. When you have to ask him to put that in your heart to keep going. And strength will come. And I find strength started to come into my life. Uh, as I surrendered and said, Lord, my family belongs to you. Lord, my assets belong to you. Lord, my life belongs to you. Paid for by the blood of Jesus. And once that surrender starts to go very deep, something happens. When you can say, I trust you, God, even though I cannot understand. I cannot see you making a way through, but I trust you. I'm going to believe in you. I'm going to hang on to you. And then something happens. In verse 8, eight it says, David inquired of the Lord. So he starts to ask God what to do. And I would say to you, you need to ask God what to do when you hit hard places. Ask him. Ask him what to do. He knows. He sees the beginning from the end. He has a way through. Uh, there will be dreams that will come. There will be words that will leap off your page in your Bible that you write down. There will be promises. There will be people that will come around you and say, I felt this about you because you're uh, pressing into God and he will use the body, the body of believers to start to come around you. So David inquired of the Lord and said, shall I pursue this truth, the ones that had taken everything? Shall I overtake them? And God answered him. That is awesome. God will answer you. Give him time. Let the worship clean out your heart. Let a song be birthed again. Let hope rise. He's not forgotten you. And God answered him and said, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them and without fail recover all. And I prophesy that to you. If you've taken your hand, put your hand in God's, if you've surrendered in this season, if you've lost things, if you've forgiven, if you've surrendered your life unquestionably, I would say to you, without fail, you will recover all. That's Romans 8.28. All things work together for good for those who love God, those who are called according to his purpose. All things. Genesis 50 verse 20. What the enemy meant for evil, God will turn for good. And I would say uh, David being a worship was a warrior as well. And I see that God is raising up worship warriors now. And the fight we fight is against, not against flesh and blood. It is against the spirit world, the principalities, the powers, the rulers of this age. And they are fallen. As people have held on to God, I believe uh, a new day is dawning and that hope is rising and heaven is invading because people have held on to God in a season that many let him go. That they let themselves be drifted, they let faith wash away. But those who have stood will bring many back. Many prodigals will come back. Your families will come back. You will recover all. So I leave you 
with one Samuel 30 as a blueprint, a blueprint that I go to time and time again. I love it. Um, I love uh, taking authority over the enemy, as you can believe, once you get burnt by him and you get opportunity to hit him, to hit him where it hurts. I give my life for that because I will see, I will see uh, heaven invade areas I never thought possible. So I'll leave you with that. I miss it, Tim, now I don't know what he's going to say. There are, there, are, there are things that are meant to be part of our sacred diet. And, you know, as May said, it's not from a religious point of view. You know, when those that accepted the message, the good news of the gospel and repented, it said that they came together and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They devoted themselves to, you know, getting fresh manna, understanding the revelation of the, the gospel, understanding the revelation of the new covenant. And the, and the word is living and active. It's like fresh manna, isn't it? You know, the enemy wants to make you think like, you know, oh, you know, there's really nothing in the word for me. It's a lie. The word of God is living and active. It's part of your staple diet, not from a religious point of view, but because of the relationship that you have. It's fresh manner. And the Holy Spirit knows exactly what you need at that time, and he wants to bring that word forth. And then it went, then it goes on to say that they devoted themselves to the fellowship. Having fellowship, being together with other people, you know, small groups, chatting together over coffee, in, in these environments, fellowship is so important. It's a lie of the enemy today that, you know, makes people think that they can do church online. That is an oxymoron. It's not even possible because the church is the gathered ecclesia. You know, yes, you can listen to some teaching online. Yes, you can do that kind of stuff. Actually, while I go about that, be careful that you don't listen to the wrong people online. There is so much false teaching out there. There is so much crap out there. There is so much stuff out there. You really need to be careful. Whenever you're listening to someone online that you can't directly ask a question of, you better make sure that you have the word of God in your other hand. Because it's really important that you can actually ask questions and you can even challenge people about stuff. And if you can't do that because you're not in a relationship with them, you better make sure that it's the Word of God. Anyway, they, they devoted themselves to the fellowship. They, they devoted themselves to gathering together. In fact, the early church gathered together every day in some form. Wow, that would soon deal with some flesh, wouldn't it? What? I have to catch up with Ollie again? What? Every day. Amen. I agree. Woo! They developed, they devoted themselves to the breaking of bread. The sacrifice of Jesus was central. Every day. They remembered the sacrifice of Jesus. I think that's why Paul said, I die daily. Because every day he remembered the sacrifice of Jesus. He remembered what Jesus had done for him and he submitted himself. And then the fourth and final thing that they devoted themselves to was prayer. Dependence upon God, relationship with God, intimacy with God, knowing what God is saying and agreeing to it. 
warfare, dealing with stuff that needs to be dealt with, bringing down principalities and powers. It is no wonder that the enemy wants to go after people and, you know, so that, so that they give up praying. And sometimes when you're in a battle, sometimes when you're in a battle, and you can, yes, we need to learn to turn across that way. You can learn to encourage yourself in the Lord. But you know, sometimes in prayer, you need some people that will say, Will you pray with me? Yeah. Will you pray with me? Will you stand with me? Will you stand with me to see the, the breakthrough? Will you stand with me in my business? Will you stand with me in my marriage? Will you stand with me in my family? Will you stand will you stand with me? And you know, you take the weight as you stand together. Is there an amen? And, you know, we are collectively here with, with a passion to see the kingdom of God come more and more in this region. Amen. We are collectively here because we want to encounter his glory and go from glory to glory to glory. Is there an amen? We are collectively here because we believe what we read in scripture. We believe what God says and we want to see it outworked here in this region of Bundaberg. Is there an amen? But we have to understand we've got to go forward on our knees. We have to go forward in intimacy. We have to go forward in relationship. We have to go forward in authority. We have to go forward in prayer. Prayer has to become more central. I remember Jim Jim, um, Jim Simbler, you know, the pastor of the Brooklyn Tabernacle, you know, a church of several thousand people. You know, they get two-thirds minimum of, the, of their people show up on a Tuesday night. 3,000 people filling an auditorium, just praying for New York, praying, praying for all and the miracles that they saw, you know, continue to this day, 30 years on. I remember in one of their prayer meetings, there was a guy came through the door, you know, and he had a gun in his, and it was pointed straight at Jim, you know. And what, what would you do in that situation? What would you do in a prayer meeting if someone comes through the door with a rifle pointed straight at you? Well, he was a man of prayer, so he just kept praying. He didn't revert to the flesh. He didn't say, quick, 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 Robert, get him, get him, Robert. John, go, get him, get him, Grizzly, take him down, mate. No, 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 he just kept praying. He just kept praying. He just kept praying. And he just kept praying. And then as this guy was coming down the, the aisle and he was getting closer to him and closer to him, he just kept praying. And by the time he got within a couple of meters, this guy just fell to the ground and he gave his life to Jesus under the presence of the Holy Spirit. There is nothing too hard for our gods. And I guess, uh, you know, I hope in some way that you're encouraged today. Not just encouraging the Lord, but encouraged to pray. Encouraged to be a person of prayer, to devote yourself to prayer. It's not a religious thing, it's a relational thing. It is a divine connection, but that connection is so important in your marriage, in your families, in your business, in your life, in every aspect. It is so important. And, you know, we have to keep on that path and indeed more and more be a people of prayer because the only thing that's going to sustain what God is doing, not the only thing, but one of the major things of what is going to sustain it is prayer. Is there an amen? amen. Will you commit yourself to prayer? If you're struggling with prayer, the best place to start is by saying, God, I submit myself to you. I know that your heart is for me to talk with you and you with me. 
Would you do a fresh work in my heart today? Would you do a fresh work in my life today that I would be a person of prayer? So God, we want to thank you for these people that have shared part of their journey. We want to thank you, God, for all that you've been doing. We thank you for the wonders, the miracles, the healings. We thank you, God, for who you are. And God, we stand here today with a heart that is hungry because we know there is so much more. We know that Bundaberg belongs to Jesus. We know that you want to see this place, God, as it is in the natural, so it too be in the spirit. A place of abundance, a place where there is so much fruit that is grown and that is, that is spread not just around this nation but to the nations. God, we know these things and our hearts hunger. So, God, as we draw near to you, Lord, we just trust in you as, Lord, as we walk into 2023, God, that you would continue to draw near to us, that we would experience your presence and your glory and the outworking, the outworking of your spirit amongst us and through us even more than we have this year. God, we yield to you. We yield to you. Oh, have your way in us, God. Have your way for your kingdom and for your glory. Amen. Amen. Chocky packets and candy lolly things that have been left over from the past two weeks. Um, my daughter is going to be over there in a minute. There's a purple bucket. If you just want to give any donation, whether it's 20 cents, whether it's 20 bucks, and you want to take some of that here, please pack it away because we don't want to take any of that stuff home with us. Amen. And someone is down on the back table with flourishing. Debbie Gamlin today is taking for the women um, any um, money, any, what's the word? I've got a blank. Registrations. Man, I was really having a senior moment, 1948. Registrations on the back table. That'll be great. The music team are going to come forward because everything we do is in the name of Jesus. Amen? Jesus. There is no other name. No other name. Jesus. The enemy hates Jesus. The enemy hates the name of Jesus. Society even hates the name of Jesus. You know, but we speak the name of Jesus. Is that amen? Amen? So we're going to stand, we're going to declare, we're going to speak the name of Jesus. If, if you're not here next week or I don't see you during the week, have a blessed Christmas. But be eager, be expecting, be anticipating for what God's going to do next year. Amen? So let's stand together. We want to speak the name of Jesus. Over our families, over our lives, over this city, over this region, we speak the name of Jesus.